Hi, I'm Leanne Kim, and this is the Business of Thinking Big, the podcast where we talk all things business mindset, strategy, and hustle. So, if you're looking to grow your revenue, serve more dream clients, and create amazing new possibilities, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Stay tuned. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Today, we are talking about learning to say no. One of my favorite, favorite topics in the entire world. This is something that I feel like I have, I don't know if I want to say mastered, but maybe almost mastered over the years. This is a skill to cultivate. It's a very important skill, especially for busy entrepreneurs, especially if you are a mama because of how much we are constantly being inundated with asks and requests. And sometimes things are planned and sometimes things come up that are unplanned. And we have to get really good at making decisions in terms of what opportunities, right? What tasks, what things flow our way that are worth our time and energy, which is very precious and extremely limited, and what things are not worth our time and energy. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to share a listener review. This one is from Jen C. Tid, who says, listening to Leanne's podcast is like hanging out with your best girlfriend and chatting about work, but productively. Her topics are always the ones that are top of mind and relevant to my everyday life. Well, thank you so much, Jen C. I so appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your day to leave a review. And if you would like to take a few minutes out of your day to leave a review, keep in mind that it's going to help other people just like you find the show and get the help they need to grow a joyful life and business. So please, if you're thinking about it, I highly encourage you to do so. One of the things that comes up a lot, I don't know why this comes up a lot in this particular program, but in my A Players group coaching program, this topic comes up a lot. I think it's because these women have invested in their own growth. They're with me for 90 days. Shout out to my A Players, right? You know who you are. With me for 90 days. And those 90 days, while that's a lot of time, three months is a lot of time. But also it can go very quickly and they are doing a lot of things. They're taking action on things that they had been previously sitting on. They're making decisions quickly. So, and they need to make decisions quickly in order to keep up that momentum. So I think what often happens in that program is because these women have finally cultivated the focus that they want to grow their business, they, and they're, and they are, they're very focused. They need to say no to a lot more things. All of a sudden, right? You hold yourself accountable to achieving certain goals. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at your time in a completely different way. And you're looking at your time as the most precious, non-renewable resource. Does that make sense to you when I say time is a non-renewable resource? Think about it. You can always cultivate more energy. You can always cultivate and earn more money, right? That's always an option, but you cannot cultivate more time. I don't care 
how good you are at manifesting, (laughs) time hacking, time management. We all have the same hours in the day. And I want to reference a book that I really loved when I really started to geek out on this. There was a book that I found. It was called 168 Hours. You Have More Time Than You Think. Go ahead and check that out on Amazon. 168 hours, you have more time than you think. 168 hours is the number of hours in the week. If you count up all the hours in the week, seven days times 24 hours. And it is true. Think about it. We all have the same 168 hours in the week. Nobody has more and nobody has less. Oftentimes I'll hear from people, oh, you don't understand what I'm up against. And and that's true. I don't have the same, you know, obstacles and limitations as everyone I coach. I think about some of my single mamas that I coach that, yeah, they definitely have more limitations on them than I do. Someone who lives with, you know, a partner who's very hands-on. However, I still want to stress that you step outside and look at it. We all have 168 hours and we all get to choose and may not feel like it sometimes, but we all are choosing how we spend that 168 hours every single week. For example, I have talked about this. I always choose to prioritize sleep because I know that when I prioritize sleep and I get a good seven to eight hours every night, I can function better. I can get more out of the rest of my hours in the week, right? But that's still a choice. If I wanted to, I could choose to sleep less, but that would be impacting my life in other ways. So, you know, even people who have a day job, you're still choosing to go to that day job. You don't have to go, right? You might need a job. You might need an income source to support your family, but you don't need to be working that many hours. Even when I had a job, this was a realization I had. A lot of the people that I worked with would choose to stay late and put in extra hours in the evenings and on the weekend, mostly, I think, to impress the boss. But I did not choose to do that because I knew that whatever habits I got into, I would have to continue doing that. So I made a conscious choice that when 5.30 came around, I believe our hours were 8.30 to 5.30 with a one-hour lunch. It was so long ago now, five years ago, over five years ago. But I believe we were required to stay on until 5.30, at least at a certain point in my career. When 5.30 came, I closed the laptop. I mentally shut off from my work so I could switch gears into my personal life and and then in later years so I could switch gears into being mom. But I had to make that conscious decision, that conscious delineation of how my time would be spent. And so I know that sometimes it can feel like you don't have a choice in this department. But believe me when I say you absolutely do have probably more choice than you even realize. You do have more choice than you than a lot of us realize. We think we must do certain things. But then when we start to look at our schedule There's also a chapter on this in my book. The chapter is called Your Joyful Schedule. It's about halfway in the book. So anyway, to bring this back, let me ask you this. How many of you would like to create more time in your schedule? Is that you? More specifically, time freedom. Feeling like you have more control over how you are spending your time. Most of us could probably be managing our time better. Most of us could probably be enjoying our time better. Here's another question for you. 
Do you feel like a lot of your time is going to obligations, responsibilities, things that other people are expecting of you? Do you feel like a lot of your time is going to these other people's expectations or as I call it in my book, other people's agendas? Does that feel like you? Do you feel like a lot of your hours are going spent to things like, I don't know, the bake sale (laughs) or the committee that maybe you volunteer on? right? Maybe you sit on a board of directors. That's a volunteer role. Maybe you are, let's think about it. Some of the things that get thrust upon me sometimes, helping out with the community garage sale, right? I guess, I guess, do more people call them garage sales or yard sales? Anyway, helping out with the community yard sale, things like that, that you feel like you're getting kind of roped into and it's not really your choice. And before you know it, you're doing this thing and you're committed to this thing. But you're kind of, if you're honest, you're kind of resentful about that time being taken from you. Yeah, it's okay. I just want you to know that if you've had this feeling or you are having this feeling about anything in your life, you are not alone. This is why we're having this conversation right now. So one of the best things about being an entrepreneur and growing this amazing vision and doing the work that we do here, it it requires a lot of clarity right? As you're getting clearer and clearer about the business you want to create, your vision is becoming clearer and clearer, which provides you with a lot of confidence. And that confidence is a really great feeling. But here's the thing, with that clarity, right? With that clarity of focus comes difficult choices. Saying no to a lot of the things that are not serving us. And I know up until this point, we've been talking about time, but really there's sort of three areas that I think we could all be saying no to more often. There's three different areas that will come up in your life and business. Area number one is saying no to non-dream clients, right? Learning to walk away from those clients that really just don't feel like a perfect fit And I know when this happens, it feels like we're limiting ourselves or missing an opportunity. A lot of people in A players especially will say, well, I feel like if I say no to this customer, then I don't know when the next one's going to come along, right? I feel like I'm, I'm being mean. I'm being unkind by saying no to this person who wants to work with me. But if I'm being honest, I don't really want to work with them. So I feel like I kind of have to say yes because you know, what else am I going to get? What if I don't get another customer that comes along for a little while? Have you ever had thoughts or feelings like this? I know, I understand this concept, but what I can tell you is the better you get at saying no, you are reinforcing your own standards for what you want to create in your business. And inevitably, after coaching thousands of women on this, I can tell you it feels scary in the moment, It feels like no one's going to come along. And then guess what? Someone great comes along who absolutely 100% fits the description of your dream client. It may take a couple days, a couple weeks, but they will come. And the more clear you can be and hold yourself to that higher standard, the more you are telling the universe exactly the type of person that you want to work with. It feels scary. It feels like you're harming yourself but actually you're helping yourself. 
You know that expression, when one door closes, another one opens? Well, I believe when one door closes, a million doors open. I have had this happen where I have said no to someone that I really just didn't feel like was a fit. I could have said yes, but I saw those red flags. I knew they weren't going to be a dream client. And I said no. And sometimes I second guess that. Sometimes I go, oh, did I do the right thing? Inevitably, within sometimes it's a, a couple of hours. I've had this happen where I've said no to someone said, I'm sorry, I just don't think we're a fit. And then within a couple of hours, I get somebody else coming into my inbox saying, Leanne, I'm finally ready to say yes and move forward with you. I'm not joking. This is the kind of thing that starts to happen. I do truly think that this is one area where we need to be saying no more often. And there, I'm going to give you a script in a minute, a kind way where you can kind of let go of these kinds of things, right? If someone is not a fit to work with you, you are not doing them any favors and you're definitely not doing yourself any favors by trying to make it fit or trying to force it, right? Have you ever had that experience where even though your gut is saying, oh, I don't know, you try to make it fit and you try to like force a square peg into a round hole and it just doesn't and inevitably it ends up in hurt feelings and it ends up in potentially services, you know, needing to part ways, services not being rendered. Sometimes that ends up in a credit or a refund situation, which we never want, right? Have you ever had that happen where you just know that there is a better way? It's not feeling fully aligned. It feels a little bit forced. So that's area number one. One of the most important things, if you can start saying no to that, you will find that you will get better and better, more dream clients flowing to you because you are being more clear with what you want and who you want to serve in your business. Okay, area number two is what I call in my book, those not-portunities, right? It's like It looks like an opportunity. Ooh, maybe that's something that I should consider. But when you really look at it, it's not actually taking you closer to your goals. It's taking you further away. And sometimes we have to go through a few of these to realize that. A classic one I see a lot of is collabs, right? Oh, I'm collaborating with this person on this thing, and I'm doing it because it feels fun, and maybe we'll be able to help each other grow. But oftentimes, what you want to create and what this person that you're collaborating with wants to create are completely different. And often, as I say a lot to, you know, I work with a lot of people who start podcasts and the very first thing they'll tell me is, oh, I could bring this person on and this person on and this person on. And I say, that's great. But just remember that when you share the stage with somebody else or when you bring someone onto your platform, you're growing their business, not yours. Okay. It's very good to do. I mean, it's good for business to be, to have partnerships and collaborations. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes we spend so much time on these collaborations. We spend so much time on these partnered projects that really we're not getting as far as we want as quickly as we want. But these not-portunities come in all shapes and sizes. I just want to be clear. Collaborations is one, but there are so many. One of the ones that I hear a lot is, you know, someone will say, oh, I'm helping out with the school fundraiser because they told me it might be a good way to grow my business. 
But when I ask them to think about, okay, well, are your dream clients going to be at the school fundraiser? They'll say, oh, actually, no, it's not really a perfect fit, right? That's a classic one that I see a lot. And I see this a lot also with marketing companies that will reach out in the DMs or I get, I must get two or three emails a week from different marketing companies, B2B companies that want to help me grow my business. They know nothing about my business, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And they'll say, Oh, we could do this for you and this for you. And, and I see my clients sometimes getting sucked into these offers and they'll say, Oh, I got approached by this company that does, you know, this type of digital marketing. What do you think? And I think, well, you weren't looking for them. You were on your own path doing your own things. And now all of a sudden, this thing has popped into your inbox. It feels like a possible opportunity, but let me just share. They want your money, <laughs> right? They are reaching out to you because they want to do business with you. They want to have you invest in them, right? And so if it wasn't already on your radar, why would it all of a sudden be? If it wasn't in your marketing plans or marketing budget, now, I will say once in a blue moon, something comes along that is a perfect fit. And this is where you have to put on your sort of decisive hat and, and really get good at prioritizing what is an opportunity, a true opportunity, and what is a not-portunity, meaning it is masquerading as an opportunity. We call this in the entrepreneurship world, we call this shiny object syndrome, right? Jumping from this thing to this thing to, oh, so-and-so said I should do this. So, and oh, so-and-so is doing this. Maybe I should do this, right? That's shiny object syndrome. When you're just constantly, your attention is being taken to all these different places. So this will happen. And what I ask you, the question that I encourage you to think about is this. Is this thing right here, is this opportunity, air quotes, taking me closer to my goals? Is this opportunity going to take me closer to my goals or is it going to take me further away? And oftentimes when we look at this with a critical eye, it's taking us further away. It's a not opportunity that we need to learn to say no to. Okay. This is something that comes up a lot, a lot, a lot when you're in growth mode, because of course, the more visible you are, the more people are drawn to you, right? It doesn't happen so much when you're waiting in the wings or maybe you're, you know, you've just started and you're building an audience, but it happens to my A players a lot because they're getting highly visible. They're expanding their reach and people are seeing that. So people start to, now they're on more people's radar. Other people start to reach out with these quote unquote opportunities. So it's actually, I, I think it's a good sign when you're getting a lot of these. But again, it, it, it's part of growth is learning what to say yes to, and what to say no to. And area number three, I told you there were three things. The third area that we need to learn to say no more is our tasks that are not in our zone of genius, okay? And what this is really about is starting to outsource some of the things that you do in your business, aka starting to build a team. So this usually happens again when people are in growth mode, right? They're no longer kind of settling for a baby business, right? It's not just the side hustle or the hobby business that it was maybe when you first started. This is becoming a real revenue generating machine. And so what will happen is you're going to naturally be finding that zone of genius. You're going to naturally start to see, oh, when I do X, Y happens. 
right? When I focus on A, B, and C in my business, those are the things that are starting to get me more results. Gosh, I really need to do A, B, and C a lot more. What inevitably happens? Ah, D, E, and F need to go. And for me, the first things that I outsourced were anything to do with like website updates, tech kind of stuff, admin related stuff, behind the scenes stuff. I needed to spend more time audience building, more time creating great content. And in order to do that, I had to start saying no to the pesky tasks that really just weren't in my wheelhouse. Like I I knew I was really not meant to be updating my website. And I knew that there were just certain other things that just weren't very detailed tasks. They still aren't. Guess what? <laughs> There's a reason why I don't even know the login to the back end of my website. I'm never there. I'm always here, front facing, creating content, helping my people get bigger results. Because guess what? That's where I shine. That is where my time is best spent. So you have to start to understand what your zone of genius is. And here's a great question. If you could boil your abilities down to three key areas, the three key things that only you could do in your business, right? The three things that you are a master at, you're better at than most people and that you would not outsource. What are those three things? I'm not ready to let that go yet. I know it is content creation. That would mean any video trainings. That would mean my podcast. And I also know it is relationships, right? Partnerships, creating conversations, sales conversations, right? Those are my key three. Once again, I'll share them with you. Coaching, which is what my business is based on. That's me in my zone of genius. Content creation, which is what helps especially new people find me and building and cultivating relationships with the important people in my business. I try to spend 80% of my time on those things, 80% of my working hours, hopefully, especially when I'm in flow, should be going to those things. And only 20% of my time is going to a lot of the other pesky things in my business, right? Things that are just not my skill set frankly. So this is something that you have to get good at. And once you get good at it, you've got to start saying no to those tasks that are bogging you down, right? Those tasks that are creating a bottleneck in your business, by you're not going to just not do them. I mean, some of those tasks you might be able to eliminate, but more than likely, you might need to start bringing someone into your business and handing those tasks over to those people, people who are better at it than you, faster at it than you. They actually really love to do it. We're talking really about your first virtual assistant. And this is something that a lot of my A players will actually accomplish during their 90 days with me is that they'll hire their first virtual assistant because they need to, because they know that they need to free up more of their time to do the things that they came here to do, right? To do the things that they enrolled in A players for. So let me reiterate those three things again. And and keep in mind, it can be very challenging to go cold turkey with this. You're not going to all of a sudden eliminate all of these things. But I want you to start to be more conscious of these three areas. And when you do, start to be a little bit more discerning, right? Is this person 
or activity or opportunity truly worth my time? When I look at all of the things that are required of me, being a great business owner, being a great mother, wife, partner, sister, daughter, friend, all of the things that I really want to be, I got to get clear on are these other things worthy of my time? And I've been doing this work for decades now, to be honest with you. I've, I've, I've been cultivating this habit for a while, but I break it down in my book in the chapter, Your Joyful Schedule. As I say, it is right in the middle of the book, chapter six, and it is probably one of the most powerful pieces of writing you will ever read when it comes to owning this piece. Taking control of how we're spending our time is what we're really talking about. So what? let me recap one more time. Those three areas that you're going to say no to, you're going to say no to the non-dream clients in your business, people that just really are not a fit to work with you. You can start saying, no, you have my permission, okay? (laughs) Not that you need it, but if you want it, there you go. Start saying no to people who are truly not worthy of your gifts and talents. You will thank me later. Number two, those not-portunities, things that come at you, that land in your inbox or your DMs that feel bright and shiny, but really are not getting you closer to your goals. And number three, tasks and duties that are required in your business, but they don't need to be done by you. Okay. Those are the tasks that are just not in your zone of genius. If you can start to pay more attention to those three things and start to say no to those, some of those things, you will find you are getting further faster, which is what we are here to do, my friends. So I'm going to give you a quick script on how to say no politely. And in the book, I call it the not-portunity rejection script. You can find it on page 147 of my book, and it goes like this. Any one of you who are familiar with something called the positivity sandwich, I've also... I've also heard it called the other way. I've heard it called the sandwich. (laughs) Does anyone know what I'm talking about here? It's when you sandwich something negative with two positive things on either end. Okay. So you're going to start with something positive. Then you give the negative news and then you end with something positive. So it goes a little something like this. Okay. Thank you so much for thinking of me for this job, opportunity, whatever. Unfortunately, due to my busy schedule, I'm unable to commit to this at this time, right? That's the of the sandwich. (laughs) Thank you so much for understanding, and I'm wishing you all the best with this project. Do you see how I did that, right? So positive, so kind and respectful that they can't possibly be mad. And if they are going to be mad, let me just say that's on them and not on you. Don't take on their negativity. If someone's going to be upset because you said no to something, then that's their problem. And probably they weren't worthy of your time anyway, if they're going to be upset about something like that. But your time is very limited. Your schedules are extremely busy. So once again, it's thank you so much for thinking of me. Unfortunately, due to my busy schedule, I'm not able to commit to this at this time. Thank you so much for your understanding. And I'm wishing you all the best. Right? It sounds positive and kind. And therefore, I mean, the biggest reason why most of my people are not doing this is because it's not because they don't want to. They know they want to say no more. 
but it's because they are fearful of what the other person might think, right? They're fearful that they're going to be judged or the other person's going to be hurt or they're going to be mad at them. But oftentimes when we cultivate this skill, and a, a big part of this is finding the right language, right? Practicing it a few times, hearing the words come out of your mouths. It's, it's so funny that we are just so conditioned to say yes to everything that when we say no, we think there's something wrong, right? Because, because we're just so used to saying, Oh, sure. I can help you with that. But we're not actually used to the language piece of it, the words that we actually choose to say. And oftentimes, if you just find the right words, this becomes infinitely easier. So borrow my script if you need to write it down. Put it on a sticky note and have it on your computer or wherever you set up for the day so that if you are seeing these things come in, you've got a script right there that you could just cut, paste, put in an email, send it off. It's a thanks, but no thanks, right? And the message is clear. What I don't want to see is that you go, oh, this is interesting. I'll have to think about it. Because when you do that, first of all, it's indecisive and we, <laughs> it's indecisive on your part. And we all know that we are going to get further faster by making clear choices, right? The more decisions we can make, the more decisive we can be, the stronger CEO we're going to be. That's truly an important skill to cultivate. The other reason I don't like it though is because you've just given yourself another job to do. Now you have to create time later to respond to that person. It becomes this thing that's hanging over your head and their head that hasn't been resolved. And now you've got to return to it at some point to resolve it. So I don't love that as an action. I also think it's kind of passive aggressive. And I think that we are better than that, right? So learning to say no right in the moment. And if you need to sleep on it, sleep on it and then say no the next day. Get it out of your inbox or get it out of your head wherever it is living Know that it's a clear no and you can move on. And guess what? You've done them a favor. Now they can move on and find somebody that is a fit. For those non-dream clients, there is somebody out there that is a perfect fit to serve them. It's just not you, right? So now you've done them the courtesy of freeing up their time to go and find the right fit. And you're also, in this case, you're also doing a kindness to that other business, that may really want that experience. They may really love to serve that type of person, okay? So just remember that with every action, even when we think it's a negative, there's always positives to it, right? By saying no to a task that is not in your wheelhouse, you are letting somebody else do that task and, and you're gonna pay them for it, which means you are supporting another small business owner, right? There's always a win here if we choose to see it. So there you have it. That is what I have to say about learning to say no. Now, let me ask you, if you're still with me here, what is one thing that you know you need to start saying no to? There's probably one area. Maybe I jogged your memory today. Maybe it is one of the, maybe there's a non-dream client in your inbox waiting for a response from you. What is it? What do you need to be saying no to right now? Don't worry about being judged. This is a safe space, right? This is where we come to do this work. And the sooner you can acknowledge what you need to say no to, guess what? The sooner you can go out and do that thing. 
<laughs> There's a good chance that some of you are serving people that are not working out. If they are on retainer or if they're a repeat, there's a way to find a positive, amicable parting of ways. Events that don't benefit me. Gifts in kind. Collabs. Not accepting non-dream clients. Some of the demands on my staff. You get to choose how you spend your time, how you spend your energy, what you say yes to. You get to choose what you say yes to. So, and part of my mission is to help female entrepreneurs take more control of their own business growth, right? This is one of the ways that we get to take control. We are in the driver's seat. We are not victims of our business or our clients or other people's agendas. We are not at the mercy of them. We get to choose. And this is how we take back some of that power. So now that you know what you need to start saying no to, go out and do it. In the next 48 hours, can you send an email or respond to that DM or return that phone call and say thanks, but no thanks? If it is one of the tasks bogging you down, can you reach out to someone in your circles who could take that task on, right? You could post in Mamas and Co. Hey, I'm looking for my first virtual assistant. What? And then you'll have just made someone else's day. Talk to a few people before you say yes to moving forward. You have that opportunity. But this is, this is what I would love to see. Go ahead. Here's, here's my final question for you today. Now that, now that we know what we could be saying no to, what's your next step? What is your as we like to ask in A players, what is your next best action here? Is it to draft that email? Is it to restructure your offers so you start to attract a new type of client? Is it to raise your rates so you start to attract a higher caliber true dream client? Hmm? Hmm? Any of this sounding familiar, my A players? <laughs> Maybe it is just sitting down with a notepad and pen and tracking where your time is going every day, every week. I invite you to do this. It's a big part of what I recommend in the How to Be Productive course. Do a bit of a time audit. See what you're currently saying yes to that you maybe just think is automatic, right? And it, you may you might think it's a non-negotiable, but actually there's a choice. Unsubscribing from things that just create more noise. I'm really excited to watch you all grow and succeed this year. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the business of thinking big. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. We would love it if you could leave us a review on iTunes, which will help more people like you find the show. And of course, you can learn more at leannekim.com. 